Welcome to the Shooting the Cue podcast, presented by Heath Riles Barbecue, with tips, tricks, and an inside look with some of the top pitmasters in the game. Now here's your host, Heath Riles. All right, we're back. Today we're joined with our good friend, Rick from Three Taxi Guys. How you doing, Rick? I'm doing great. Doing great. Good to see you. Man, for everybody that don't know you, Rick, can you tell a little bit of your history and how you got into barbecue? Sure. And kind of what barbecue means to you now. Sure, absolutely. So I had a brother-in-law uh, when we were in high school, 14 years old, suggested that we cook a hog. And I always was intrigued with hog cooking, you know, and I always wanted to do it. And I said, sure, let's, let's give it a try, you know. So started cooking a few hogs here or there. And, once you start cooking them, somebody wants to cook a whole hog, they know you've done it before. They'd always ask, hey, can you come help me cook a hog? So we cooked a bunch of hogs that way. And so we knew a little something about doing it because we'd done it. Well, so I'm in the taxi cab business. Uh, I own Checker Cab in Atlanta, and I've been going to these taxi cab conventions for years and years, and I had two friends. One is Jamie Campalong in Pittsburgh, and the other one's John Lazar, who owned Luxor Cab in San Francisco. And we went to these conventions, stayed in the hotel, went to all these great places. We're always busy going to meetings. I was the president of the association in 08 and 09. Jamie was the president after that. We tried to get John in there, couldn't get John in there. But we were all in the hierarchy of this, you know, 100-year-old taxicab association. So we all figured out, they figured out I could cut hogs, and they, they had a love for barbecue. Jamie's Italian, so he's always cooking something. You know? He loves making sauces and rubs and just... That was kind of his forte, I guess. So they asked me, they said, well, look, I'm going I'm to have a Daytona 500 party in Pittsburgh, and I want you to come cook one of those hogs for me. I said, okay. So he sent me a plane ticket. I flew to Pittsburgh, cooked a hog for me. He said, man, this is great. You know, we, we, should, we should sell this sauce you make, you know. And I said, well, everybody tastes sauce a lot. They like it. You know, I've been using the same sauce for years. And so he said, well, I'm going to produce some bottles, and we're, we're going to play with it a little bit. I said, okay, produce them. Here's the recipe. So he did. Went to a taxi cabin convention, and we said, we're going to do a test market. You know? And we give it to all the taxi guys. And, of course, everybody loved it, 100, 100, 100, 100. I said, well, it may not be a, may not be a good you know, source because all those guys love us, and they're going to, we can give them dogs they'd say it was good you know? <laughs> so he said let's 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 do, do some better testing than that so we found the national barbecue association and we started attending a meeting and um submitted our sauce well first t time we won we won first place first time we, we put a sauce in there really i didn't know that yeah and we got a ribbon and a medal you know well we were you know that was we were it. Hooked, man, you know <laughs> so we said, well, let's produce this, you know, some, and, you know, we use it in our own cooks or whatever for now and see if we can sell some. So we did, made a few bottles, and it's, you know, it's a tough go, as you well know. Oh, yeah. So then we decided, well, first of all, we need to know what these judges like. So we all became judges and judged for a few years. Uh, I probably judged 50 contests in that two-year period, you know, so I learned a little something about what judges liked. And uh, at that point, he said, well, maybe we should do, you know, cooking a couple of these competitions and it'll be a good way to promote the sauce. You know, and I said, well, yeah, that sounds like fun. Let's do one, you know. So, and we didn't have the cabbie cue at that point. You, you'll learn what the cabbie cue is in a minute. But um, 
So anyway, we went, we went, we did terrible, you know. <laughs> we just came in dead ass last, I think, the first two times. There, there, there maybe a couple from last, but we didn't do very well. What I really learned when I started cooking professionally was how much I was screwing them up in the past, you know. <laughs> so it doesn't take long to hang around Heath Ryle and some other names where you don't learn a few things and you learn how to better, you know, cook barbecue. So we, we learned quick and had a lot of, met a lot of friends, you know, we're friendly people and met a lot of people like yourself. And um, so that's how we kind of got, got in the middle of it, you know. Well, then we know Brad down at the shed, and we liked what he was doing. So how did you initially meet Brad from going to that? I movie. went down to Ocean Springs on vacation, bellied up the bar and ordered a beer, and Brad come up and sit beside me in the straw hat, started asking me questions about who I was and what I was doing, and we instantly, you know, connected. And I guess Brad probably in the barbecue world, if I have a best friend in the barbecue world, it's probably Brad. And we're kindred spirits, you know, and... We like to have fun, and anybody who knows Brad knows that he likes to have fun. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt about that. No doubt. So, about and he's a character, you know. So we, we, I'm a character, so we got along great. And uh, so he, of course, invited me to come cook with him. So I cooked on his team the first year he won whole hog. Well, then I was, you know, matter of fact, I made up these T-shirts and said, three taxi guys in the shed, winners," and we won the first year uh, cooking with him. So I cooked with him the next year, and then told him, "Look, I." I want to start my own team, you know, I got Jamie and John and we're doing the sauce and, but I, I've got to have a cooker made out of a taxi cab like your, like your Jeep, you know, and I'm, well, no problem, we can get that done and he, he drew it on a napkin and put it up on his bulletin board. And about a year, maybe year and a half later, I get a call from a producer saying, look, we're doing a show called The Shed. And Brad hadn't, he, he, he can't tell me he's doing a show, so I, just, I didn't know. And I said, well, Brad. He said, yeah. I said, well, Brad's a good friend of mine. I didn't know he was doing the show. He said, well, he's, you know, it's kind of under wrap. He said, but we understand you want to build a cab out of a, or a smoker out of a taxi cab. I said, well, yeah, I do. But I got two problems. Two partners that probably aren't willing and no budget. He said, well, that's a, that's a major problem. I said, I know. And so I made a deal with him. I said, look, if I can talk to the other two partners, it was going to cost $20,000 to build that cab and and I said, I'll put in five, I'll talk the partners into doing it, and you'll have to put in five. Oh, oh no, you know, that, that's not going to happen. And they think they offered me a thousand bucks. I said, we're not going to build a smoker on your show. A couple of days later, I get a call. Okay, we found the 5,000. Can we build the smoker? I said, I'll have it down there next week. I put it in my, uh, it's been in my junkyard for about 15 years. So the cabin queue is a 1978 Checker Marathon. It ran in my fleet in Atlanta for about 10 years. Had, 780,000 miles on it. And then we put it in the junkyard. You know, it sat in the junkyard probably for 15 years. And if you don't know what that is, it's a synonymous New York cab from the old days. You know, big tank car built especially for the cab industry. We probably had 40 of them in our fleet at one time. And then they quit making them in 1982. So you couldn't, you know, get hard to get parts. So we went on to Crown Vicks and Chevrolet Caprice and all that in the cab business. But anyway, we had the old cab. So I got my guys to kind of mustard garage it, stripped it down, took everything out, took the motor, took the transmission out, stripped all the upholstery out of it, and I put it on the record and hauled it down to Ocean Springs. And they, they start building it on the show, you know. As a matter of fact, it was their most popular show called Smoking Taxi on the Food Network, The Shed. You can look it up and watch it. You'll see me. I, 
I didn't like my presence on it too much. You know how that goes. But but we had fun doing it. Uh, and so watch the show, and you'll kind of see what, what process we went to do it, you know. So we, we did it, and the first contest we did was Praise the Lord in Murfreesboro. And the deal I made with Brad is you got to bring Hobbs to show me how to work this damn thing the first time we, we do it. So he did. And, uh, I was right across from you. Yeah, you, uh, but that's Is that 2013, 20, 2013, 2012? That's about right, 2012, 2013, I think. So that's the first time we used the cabecue in that contest. It was a double contest. You know, we'd done two or three contests before that and cooked with the shit, but it wore us out, man. I mean, it, it, it beat us up, and we didn't do very well. Uh, which is not a reflection on Who the Hobson. Who won that contest? Oh, that's a good question. Who did win that contest? I think I did. I think you did too. Figo <laughs> <laughs> figure, you know. <laughs> well, let me tell you something. I've competed against Heath for a long time. I can't beat Heath, you know. <laughs> no, yes, you can. I'm not nowhere near as good as I used to be. I used to be really hyper-focused. I'm not anymore. Yeah. Well, I know you you focus on other things, and that's what happens when we get older. You know, we have to, you have to. That's right. But anyway, we, you know, we had fun and we had a hook. So after we didn't do well a couple of contests, I finally had a meeting with all the guys and I said, "Look, okay, we got a hook, great. Now we got to concentrate on the cook. We got to get it tasting good. Competition style. We're never going to do shit. It's not going to." We're not going to reach our goal of produce, or, you know, promoting the sauces and rubs. So we really got serious about it. I had a friend that used to compete against Myron, uh, Smoking Willie. You know, yeah, you know Smoking Willie, old time Southern Georgia guy that I befriended a long time ago at the pig jig. Way before I was cooking, I used to go judge the pig jig for about four or five years, and I met Smoking Willie, just character, very good overall, guy. good guy. And he said, "Well, you come cook with." Me. I said, okay, so went and cooked with Willie, and we developed the rub, the injection I still use today. A few changes over the years, but for the most part, the same one me and Willie worked on. And he helped me with the sauces and rubs a little bit, because he, very, very good competitive, you know, cooker. So we got better, you know, we got better. We finally went ourselves to Memphis, did okay the first time. Top 20, you know, which we were very proud to do. And finally, we cooked it three or four times and ended up coming in second right behind Myron one time. And we finished second, third, fifth, sixth, eighth, ninth. I mean, so we've done pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I would consider that really good, especially at a world championship yeah. with that caliber of cookers. I yeah. mean, y'all got in there and figured it out. And the type of hog that you cook is really unique to its style. It is. And... You know, as soon as I saw that standing hog, running hog, some people call it, I fell in love with that. I said, no, that, that's neat. And that's kind of hog. You know, it's a show hog. And, uh, of course, Brad's figured out how to get it to taste pretty good. It took a lot of pointers from him. But really, ours is a little different than what Brad does because of smoking willy. So, um, but we, we still use what we developed. It, it's worked well for us. And you know how it is. You try to change a little bit according to where you're at, but. For the most part, it's the same thing. Yeah. Uh, we're cooking a hog today for the Royal Oak Invitational. Same hog, same injection. So we'll get everybody will get to taste it and see what, if they like it or not. And most people do. It's a it's a good hog and it looks beautiful. Well, good. I can't wait to try it. Yeah. I remember when we. Uh, I don't remember how we initially first met. <laughs> I don't know if it was 
The NBBQA, maybe? NBBQA. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah that's the first time I met you. The, the first convention we went to. That's right. Yeah. And then turn around after that. And I don't remember if Galax was next where y'all were there filming with the shed. Yes. And we wound up on an episode of the yes. shed. Yep. Remember that? Briefly. Uh, yeah, it was briefly, but. And then um, I was on the phone with you for something and we were going to the World Food Championships. <laughs> and I said, do you want to come to Vegas? And he's like, man, that would be badass. And I'm like, well, it's in three days. And you were like. Well, let me call you back. <laughs> That's the boss. You called me back two minutes later and said, I'm in. Where did y'all get a room at? I told you, and then I didn't talk to you anymore. And you showed up. And then here you come with a backpack on your backpack, <laughs> walking up in a parking lot. It helped us the whole Four time. days later, I mean, yeah. and you did. We, you helped us the whole time. We had a little fun. Well, let me tell you, <clears throat> I cook a, a good breakfast for people like my brisket, and Heath's the one who taught me how to teach cook brisket so that was it was cold in that morning out there in Las Vegas. it was but we, we had fun you know how could you not have fun in vegas you know but we it was a lot of work we got some stories we can't tell on this yeah, we do we <laughs> i do. mean it was a good time but we had fun i mean and it, that always flattered you asked me you know hey i got heath out asked me to go cook with him and he says well go go you should go you know? oh, so i did a good time it was fun so talking about Memphis, y'all have been all over the board, you know, and, and you're continuing on in the cab business. I mean, I know yeah. a lot of that's changed it over has. the years. So what is y'all's ultimate goal for three taxi guys? Just keep cooking and having a well, good time? And yeah, just well, you know, I, I don't know if we've ever been known as a party team, but we do party, you know. We, we like to have fun. We drink a few beers, you know, and we're very friendly and everybody likes us. Uh, most people like us. Um, so we have a lot of fun at the events. And, you know, they're all our friends. Just, you know how that goes. Uh, but we're, I've got two sons that have shown an interest. And they've cooked with us the last four or five years. And they're learning. And they have some interest in carrying on the three taxi guys. They, they like what they see. And so we're trying to train them to, to do it so we don't have to anymore, you know. We can sit back and point, you know. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with that. So if I hadn't had the two boys' interest, three taxi guys probably just would have rode off to the sunset, you know. But I think we have an opportunity to prolong it a little bit because of them, and they're they're learning and they're very interested in it, and they're they're, they're getting pretty good at it. So we'll we'll see what happens. So do y'all have plans to go back to Murfreesboro again? Absolutely. We really hated missing it this year. We we, we missed it we too missed for the first time. Also. We we've competed there ten times probably, and. Uh, the last year we did compete, we did pretty good. We took home a first pork, uh, fifth ribs, I think, and uh, fourth place hog. Y'all usually are finals in hog and something yeah, else. Yeah, uh, yeah. We're usually right across from each other. And, yeah, oh yeah. You know, I used to cook all the categories, and I know the last couple times I went, I think I only cooked ribs. Uh, <laughs> you know, but you smartened it, up. <laughs> well, you know. I love cooking whole hog, but I just yeah. don't have it in me like I used to, Rick, to cook well, as many as I have. I mean, as everybody knows, whole hog's a totally different game. I mean, it's, a, it's a usually 150, 200-pound animal, so you can't do it by yourself. You and your wife can't do it physically. Of course, you know. I have. We can always hurts. step across the street and help we have on several occasions, but it's, it's tough to do. It really is. It's, it's a, lot of, the a lot of prep, a lot of 
long cooking and a lot of cleanup. Well, like, that's the worst part. You rib, you get two containers, one big cooler, and a, you know <laughs> yeah, you can exactly. do ribs. You know, so that's that's right. That's just a smart progression, I think. Exactly. And hey, anybody who's ever had your ribs understand why you do ribs. They are fantastic. I mean, I really try to focus in on the ribs just because. I mean, you can go cook six or eight racks somewhere, and that's all well, you got to cook. Heath always cracks me up. You know, he's I'll tell you everything. Then you got to cook it. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, that's a lot you're of people. You're not going to cook it better than me. A lot, you, you got to nail, you you nail tenderness. You I tell, just can't. <laughs> I tell everybody that. You have to nail tenderness. Yeah, so for years, Heath will tell you, I always say, hey, man, I need a rib lesson. Okay, come on over, you know, no problem. I don't have any secrets. I'll tell you everything, and he does. As a matter of fact, you know, I was telling somebody yesterday, it's time for me to shoot a competition series of videos, and I'm not going to charge for them. Just, just let them turn have them it. out. They're going to run wild just like the horses. Not one sauce and one rub, on and I'll give you these videos. I'm going <laughs> to like like, burn the internet down with them. <laughs> I love it. We're going to shoot and shoot and shoot, so, and I'm going to do it. It will smell like smoke when he gets through. At one time, <laughs> I don't know if you guys are still doing this. At one time, you guys had a wing sauce. Yeah. And you had like the little cab where you could get the different stuff in it. gift set, yeah. Is that still yeah, we, we still have all of that. Um, I liked you know, the wing sauce a lot. Well, the, the wing sauce is good. You know, we my way I make my living is the cab business. Right. You know, the cab business the last 10 years has been pretty tough. You know, we had the Uber and Lyft thing, you know. Uh, they kind of cut us in half, and then the pandemic hit, you know. That cut us in half again. And we're building back. Cab businesses will be around when Uber's a fond memory, I assure you. But uh, hiring drivers now is a real challenge. We can't get up to the numbers because we can't hire drivers. So we're working on that. We've been in uh, my business. My granddad started in 1947 with one car. He got it up to about 100 cars. My dad took over, ran it for 40 years, got it up to about 150, 180 cars. And then I took over. We got up to 220 cars. We are doing great, knocking it out. And Uber and Lyft came in and robbed everybody, as far as I'm concerned. So I, I don't like Uber and Lyft too much. And uh, I take a hard line. If you don't want to get raped, robbed, or murdered, don't take Uber. Take a taxi, because it's a lot <laughs> safer. And that's a hard line, but I, I truly believe that. Yeah, I mean, that's a, <laughs> That's tough. It is tough. Yeah, so you yeah. never take an Uber in a city. You always yeah. take cabs, right? I ain't no way I'm getting in an Uber. I have taken Lyft out of necessity. But Uber came in really ugly and did some really ugly things. You know, I fought them. I spent a half a million dollars fighting them in Atlanta. And uh, I'd go to meetings and I'd have one lobbyist and one lawyer. They'd have seven or eight lobbyists and four or five lawyers at every meeting. So they're just spending money. You know, that's a company that, you know, capital venture money, they're using somebody else's money and they spend the hell out of it. And you can't compete with that. So it was tough, and we got our ass handed to it for the most part. They came. What's unique about Uber wasn't their app. It wasn't you know what they did. What it was is to come into a city that's regulated and totally ignore them, and not ask permission, ask forgiveness after they've done it. And then they put political pressure on everybody to not you know don't mess with us, leave us alone, or otherwise they were inundated with about ten thousand calls from their customers that were all social media people. So that puts real pressure on political entities. You know, we're not going to vote for you if you don't if you don't let Uber operate. It's all that kind of crap, and we felt that was 
wasn't playing fair ball, you know, because we'd been in the industry forever. We'd follow all the rules, bought all the permits, and felt like we'd done things the way you're supposed to do. And then they came and in. And then somebody else come in and just. What they taught us is don't ask permission. Don't, don't follow the rules. Just do what the hell you want and let the chips fall where they may. So we do a lot more of that these days because it's allowed now, you know. So like I said, we'll we'll be around a long time. Seventy six years is a long time to be in business. I, my sons are interested. They have a that'll be the fourth generation of Hewitts and cab business in Atlanta, and I'm I'm proud of that. Well, Rick, I'm glad to call you a friend and glad we <laughs> met years ago because Absolutely. we've had an ongoing relationship for well over 10 years now. Yeah, four, 14, 14, yeah, 14, 15 years, yeah. And it, yeah. it's uh, it's always a good time when we catch up with each other. Absolutely, absolutely. Always. Well, look, thank you for coming on the show today. Continue to talk to everybody. And uh, we always love shooting the queue with good friends. Absolutely. I'm with you. All right, we are back, and we're here today with our good friend Bill Gillespie of Smoking Hogs. How you doing today, Bill? Good, Heath. How you doing? Thanks for having me. Man, it's another one of those days. You know, it's been a little rough over here. Y'all just got done turning in a contest, yeah. of course. Yeah. And so my first question would be, how did your cook go? I, you know, I thought it went pretty well. Um, you know, chicken wasn't the chicken I'm normally used to cooking, but it tasted good. Um, ribs and pork were good. Brisket, I thought I had a pretty decent brisket so we'll see you know it's How it's, it's out of my control right you know right. it's up to the judges right now so. well for the people that don't know bill mm -hmm. why don't you tell everybody about who you are how you got into barbecue and kind of about smoking hogs how y'all got started and what all you do now sure so uh, uh bill gillespie smoking hogs out of boston massachusetts um i've been competing since 2005 i uh, started cooking at a young age uh, i was in the, the Boy Scouts, you know, learning to cook over an open fire, uh, cooking in the backyard with my dad on an old cruddy charcoal grill with a ton of lighter fluid. Um, and just, yeah, you know, just kind of learning that way. And uh, as I get older, go camping with friends, cook over an open fire again. I would always bring my grill. I was the one cooking. We'd, I had season tickets for the football games back home. Again, I was the one cooking at the tailgates, you know. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's just a passion for me. Um, and I don't see a, an end at all, you know. They'll probably bury me with a set of tongs in my hands. That's right. Well, then you can't click them no more. That's right, right. yeah, yeah. You got to test click. I'll have to get them automated. So when in, in the grave, all you hear is a click, click every now and then, right? That's right. So how did you find your way into competition barbecue? So I worked for a company... A couple guys were into cooking. Um, they invited me to go to a contest. There were four standard meats for KCBS, and there was a fifth category. Uh, I was down in Cape Cod. They said anything with cranberries. I'm like, all right, yeah, I'll tag along. So I did, um, I did a grilled salmon with like a cranberry glaze. Took fourth place, and uh, that was my, my hook. It just everybody has one. right, yeah, yep. yeah. Everybody's like that. Totally, was it. like four plates. I mean, we won maybe fifteen dollars, right? <laughs> but I'm like, I don't care. This is this is awesome. Yeah, so that was my my falling in love with competition barbecue right there. Man, it's pretty cool. So, how did the smoking hogs come about? So, I was on a couple of different teams um, starting in 2005, um, 2008. I was ready to go out on my own. 
sitting around trying to figure out a name. Uh, one of my buddies was like, how about a, you know, a pig riding an offset like a motorcycle, smoking hogs? I'm like, yeah, that's cool. And that, that's kind of how smoking hogs started. You know, we did one contest in 2008, took a fifth place in brisket, and um, just been going strong ever since. So after that first trophy win, within the next year's time, can you say you spent over 10 grand on barbecue equipment? Oh God, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was I was full into it, you know, because at the time, I'm like, wow, I have to buy all this stuff now, because before everybody kind of had a little bit of something. So now it's like, okay, now I got to buy extra tables, and I got to buy a couple more smokers, you know, another canopy, and. Um, yeah, pretty soon I, we looked like the Beverly Hillbillies driving down the road with the pickup truck full. You know? I think that's how we all started, though. I think so, yeah. And do you ever miss that sometimes? Sometimes, you know, and, and we were doing it for a while. Every year we would go up to uh, upstate New York to Lake Placid. And if you've ever been up that way, you know, the, the, there's a lot of mountainous roads, long and windy, narrow. And I didn't want to bring a trailer, so we would just load everything in the back of the truck. And, and we did that up until a couple of years ago, uh, until I got a smaller utility trailer. And we, yeah, it was just to, you know, kind of stay to your roots, right? That's right. And I find myself now, I've been through all the big trailers. Yep. And now I catch myself downsizing. I built a smaller one. <laughs> That's exactly And I sold it. Yeah. And I think I went from a 40-foot gooseneck when I built my way up to it, yep. a 42-foot. And then I went to a 30 foot, and then I went to a 28 foot. That's what I'm doing now. And then I now. went to a 26 yep. foot. I sold it to Carrie Chastain. Yep. And I just had a new 20 foot with a, or it's actually 22 foot that I had built. And I cooked on it once in Memphis in May. Yep. Darren Wharf just bought it. I heard about that. And yeah. now I'm in the process of building an 18 foot. I cut <laughs> four more foot off. So yeah. I don't, you know, talk about going back to your roots. I'm trying to find something to fit in a parking place is what yes, I want to say. That's right. I don't need nothing any bigger. Yep. Yeah, I don't know if you saw my trailer out there. That's my smaller one. I have a 35-foot gooseneck at home that I'm trying to sell. Um, somebody will buy it eventually, you know. But, yeah, we're just kind of scaling back a little bit. Um, not that the big trailer is not good. It's great because I can cook in a monsoon because it's all buttoned up. But it's just I, – I, just too much to yeah. haul around, set up, yep. tear down, gas stations, more fuel. Right. I mean, a lot of people don't realize, oh, you're in that comfort. But, man, but there is so much that goes along with there that. There is, yeah. Pulling into a truck stop. Now I can pull into a smaller gas station because I have a smaller trailer. And Yeah, it's just it's the evolution, I guess, right? You kind of start here, you go up, <laughs> and you start coming back down. That's so. exactly it. Yeah. Well, let me ask this. Yeah. How many contests are you going to do a year? How many do you really normally do a year? We do, I'd say average around 20, maybe 25 sometimes. Um, the most we ever did was 29. And it's it's just the, the region I'm in. There's not too many. So we, we find ourselves traveling down to Pennsylvania, New Jersey. Pennsylvania is a good eight-hour ride for us. Um, and just getting out of the Northeast can be tough, you know. Yeah. So uh, vacation time comes into play, so I have to be selective on, yeah. on what events we do and stuff like that. So how long did it take you to get here to Georgia? Oh, 18, 19 hours. So yeah. It's a long haul. Yeah. You know, two days. We break it up into two <clears throat> days down, two days back. And 
Wow. Yeah. So you're having to take off basically several days just to come right. cook this event. Yeah, we did uh, We did the jack last weekend. We were able to bring the trailer down. It was only about three and a half hours away. Flew home on the Sunday, flew back down Wednesday night, and now we're going to drive home tomorrow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's definitely a, uh, a love and a passion. I was going to say, it's a love-hate, right? It yeah, is love a love-hate. Yeah. It's yeah. always a great trip. We were talking about this earlier. It's a great trip going. Yes. And it seems like it's twice as long trying to get back home. Yeah, you're like, oh, just get me home. That's yeah. it. I said to my wife, I said, can we just fly home? Just leave the trailer down here and just fly home, and I'll pick it up some other time. <laughs> <laughs> What'd she say? No. She, well, she's like, well, she started thinking about it. She's like, no, we got to bring it back. Well, you know, as much as you come to this part of the area, Bill, you should leave a smaller I, I, equipped trailer down this way. I've been thinking about it, you know. Um, there's more events down this way. Uh, I'm getting to meet a lot more people down this way, so I'm, you know, uh, all the, you know, new friends and, yeah, it's just, I mean, it's, you know, the community, right? It's just. Well, uh, nobody retires up north, right? That's what no, that's, that's the right. saying, right? Yeah, that's right. Nobody, when you retire, everybody's coming, coming south. south. That's what that's you're right, right. <laughs> so have you got retirement plans one of these days to move this way? Yeah, we're looking. Um, in 10 years, when I hit 61, I can retire from my, my day job. Um, and we're looking. I want to stay near the water, you know, maybe the Carolinas or something. I, we haven't really decided yet. Uh, we need to kind of explore the area and, and find out what we like. Yeah. Well, I know y'all have some barbecue products as well. Yeah, we so do. Tell us about yeah. your barbecue products. So I've got, um, I've got three dry rubs and a barbecue sauce. Um, my One of my rubs, it's an all-purpose rub. Uh, I use it on my pork and a little bit on my chicken. I have a rib rub that I use on obviously ribs. Um, and I, I have a new rub that just came out called the Perfect Storm. It's a buttery chipotle rub. It's a salt, pepper, garlic based. And then with other stuff in there, I use that on beef and brisket, um, even on some vegetables, just because of that butter flavor in there, mm -hmm. which is pretty good. And then my sauce is a kind of a, I don't know, tangy, sweet tangy, a little bit of heat in the back. Um, that pretty much goes on everything. I know you have some phenomenal products. I hadn't had the perfect storm yet. I yeah, it just came it. out like this year, so yeah. So you actually have a cookbook though too, right? I got a couple, yeah, yeah. I got uh, four cookbooks. Four? Uh, four, yeah, yeah. I don't think I realized that. Really? <laughs> yeah, we, I did one over COVID, uh, my last one, hot and fast on the WSM, and that was fun. Uh, did a lot of test cooking at home during COVID, and it was a good opportunity to, to write a book. So tell me about that. How does that actually work, writing a cookbook for you? So what all goes into that and, and everything? It's, it's kind of coming up with an idea for a recipe. Um, you know, have it, having that idea going out in the backyard, just kind of trying it out. Okay, ah, maybe this needs a little bit more of this or a little bit more of that, and just try to fine-tune it, making it something, you know, that I think people would like. Um, and once you learn that process, it's, it's, it's pretty easy. Um, Every recipe comes with a story, so you have to have like a little introduction. You know, again, once you once I kind of figured out that whole process, um, it just kind of rolled, you know. So you're doing all your own writing as well? Yeah, I had a, uh, another guy help me. Uh, he's um, he's a writer. He does a lot of technical writing, mm -hmm. so he took a lot of my 
what you Scribble. jammed up like me and yeah and made it to into words people kind of understand you know yeah so. <laughs> yeah i like to think that when i'm writing, writing an email or writing something down that i can understand it and then she can read it and go, That's, I, what is my this? wife she yeah my wife goes what are you doing right <laughs> yeah i mean well my wife over here she's a very uh she can pick up clerical mistakes like i don't know it's really strange yeah. we strange. i tell this story too we uh we entered some products in nbbqa one year yep. you know and and sent them off we won a bunch of awards i think like 12 or 13 awards right and this publication lot, out of chicago yeah. says well look here's the publication that we're going to write up for y'all mm-hmm. all you got to just fill your name in the blanks it's a standard for everybody we just need your name and i said well send it to me let me see what it says and we list your accolades out the bottom and how many mistakes did you find in that? It was like 27 clerical mistakes wow, no between kidding. just spelling, run-on sentences, yeah. adjective, verbs. And it, I mean, I emailed the lady back and I said, my wife proofread this and y'all, I think this needs to be redone. Yeah. And uh, they ended up changing everything, oh, nice. but they were a national company. And I don't know how many yeah, people had sent that out. And, yeah. yeah, and that's ain't me. I can't, I, no, I'm, phones have ruined us from spelling and yeah. really, you know, put they have, yeah, and and the guy that helped me write it um, got a lot of compliments from people saying it's like listening to Bill talk. You know, like they they hear me as they're reading the recipes and everything, and that's a a talent on his end, being able to write it like I'm the one speaking. You know, uh, so that was kind of cool. You know, um, just to have have that. So how the process, how does it work once you write the book yep. and you are doing all the printing yourself? No, and no, no. I had a you have a company? Yeah, I had a publisher, um, Page Street Publishing uh, up in Salem, Massachusetts. Um, so they had all, like, I would give them the final. They would go over it, proofread it. Uh, we had a, you know, a photographer come out for the photo shoot. Um, they would do all the editing and, and the, all the final stuff. And I just have to kind of look it over, make sure that it's how I wanted it. And uh, yeah, it was kind of a pretty, pretty interesting process. It sounds like it. I never have been involved with anything like that, but I know other people that have, and I've questioned them about it. And everybody's yeah. a little bit different of how they yeah. kind of do their things. Some people have ghost writers. Yep. Some people don't. Some people have recipe developers that kind of yeah. help them. Sure. Like and, I, I never thought I'd write books, cook books, you know, I mean, um, I'm kind of a self-taught backyard cook. I'm not professionally trained or anything. So people are like, oh, you're going to write another book? I'm like, well, I've already written almost three, 400 recipes, you know? And it's like, I just don't know if I can dream up or drum up some more recipes for that other than copying what I've already done, you know? And <laughs> well, don't people do don't that. realize how hard it is either to steady develop yeah. recipes, exactly. I'm afraid, and, right. and to get them right where somebody wants to eat them. Yeah. yeah, we can come up with something on our head and write it down here on a piece of paper, but yeah. if it's not executed correctly and tastes good at the end of the day, then right. it's yeah. not going to correlate in your food or your book. Right. Like, I mean, I, I they could be, um, I like spicy food. So something that I don't think is all that spicy, somebody else could come along and, and you know, they're drinking a gallon of milk just trying to tame the, the heat. And it's just so... Yeah, I mean, I, I, I write it to how I like it, you know, most of the time. So, so well, does your wife cook at all at this point, if you've written this many cookbooks? She, and like, yeah, she does a lot of the baking, like a lot of the... Um, that, that seems yeah, to be and, the standard. I can't do that. Like, a lot of the <laughs> stuff in my book is from her, like the the, the desserts and yeah. stuff like that. Um, 
and she does a fantastic job. I don't know how she does it, but I, I can't bake. <laughs> I, I'm not a... Yeah. Well, they say you have to follow instructions on yeah, baking, And maybe right? that's why. Right? And most men, you know, are not really used to it. They don't right. take instruction and very like well. Like building like a cabinet like that. Just throw the directions out and stop putting it together. That's exactly it. <laughs> well, we always ask every competition cook, yep. what is the one contest that is just you have to attend every year? That is your one if somebody recommends and says, hey, yep. you know, what's your, what's your bucket sure. list contest? What is the one you go to that you love? So I'm going to say there was two. One they, they don't have anymore. It was the Harpoon. Uh, I remember that contest. I never cooked it, but I remember Vermont. it. Yeah. That was awesome. Um, they were, it's a small little brewery up in Boston and Vermont. They had a satellite brewery, and we got to sell our food. And there was only 35 teams that they were bringing because of the space. Mm -hmm. But just the, the sheer amount of people coming up there, it was just a fun time. Um, the other one, other contest is Lake Placid. Uh, Dimitri is the, the organizer. He's, um, he's an ex-luge guy. So Lake Placid is the home of the 1932 and the 1980 Olympics. And it was held at the Speed Skate Oval from the original Olympics there. And uh, he just does a wonderful job. He, I mean, he is, you meet him for the first time in your instant family. And um, yeah, we look forward to that one every year. I feel like, so his question kind of goes along with another one, yeah. and it may be those same contests for you, but what is the one trophy that either you've already won that that's just your favorite trophy, mm -hmm. or is there one that you haven't won that you're like, oh, man, that trophy's just so neat yeah. and unique. I have to get that. There is, yeah. Uh, we went to the first time this year, we went to... Um, uh, praise the Lord in mm -hmm. Murphy's World. <laughs> yep. We was not there. That's one of our and, favorites. Oh, man, that apple. Yep. That's coveted. Very unique. And we, we were that close to getting one this year. We got, I think, second place in wings. First place took the trophy. and It's going to be hard to beat BJ. Yeah. He's <laughs> she is every the year. Yeah, yep. we, we missed it by about a point. We were that close, you know, but... That's that's kind of the, the thing we're Your looking at. Your one trophy? Yeah. So oh, yeah. what did you, not to go ahead. No, no, that was, I was going to say, I feel like somebody else had that same answer. Oh, that's funny. That, yeah, yeah. That that was their trophy too. So with it being your first time at Murfreesboro, yep. tell me your experience. Oh, that was awesome. So Amy's a wonderful person. She um, she actually has a, a place a couple towns over from where I live. Right. And um, she opened up a, a coffee shop in town. Faye. Faye, right. yep. Yeah. And it's absolutely um, exactly from the town that she lives in up my way. It, it, it screams that town. Like, it's perfect. It's a, it's a nice little quaint coffee shop, incredible coffee, great food. Uh, just the whole vibe was really nice. But the event, I mean, they, they treat you really well there. Yeah, it, they was, it was awesome. It was just the whole experience. What do you think about the goodie bags? Oh my God! Some of it's the not best. a bag. Yeah, it's a basket. basket. Yeah, <laughs> um, it takes two people to carry almost. It, yeah, we had to bring a wagon to yeah. put it in the, to bring it. Very Thankfully, heavy. we had the wagon because we were going out to the Royal the following weekend, so we had the wagon oh. for that. And yeah, the baskets are unbelievable. They are. Yeah. Ten years <clears> ago, <throat> when I first started going up there, twelve, yeah. whatever it was, ten, eleven, twelve, yeah. uh, they would give a full case of beer. Yeah. Wow. A fifth of whiskey. Okay. Or some kind of distillery yep. around there, a whole apple or peach pie from an orchard, oh, a bakery. Oh, 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 wow. And it, it seemed like a dozen cookies, right? 
They still do. Along they still do the like six cookies. Yeah, yeah. And, it um, used to be such. I always like going there. I love, you know, all their orchards near there. Yeah. I love their apple butters. And my oh, favorite yeah. is oh, peach, butter. peach butter. Oh, I haven't had the peach butter. So oh, one year they gave that. peach butter oh, and that's oh. what kind of hooked me. But no, they don't usually give the peach butter. But if you stop yeah. at one of the orchards near, have they have oh, it. Yeah. So that's it's awesome. it's good. Yeah. I mean, the apple's great too. Yeah. But oh, I love peach as well. And there's actually an Amish community. Y'all went to an Amish store before up there and got fresh salad yeah. bread and cold cuts. A little and, bit away. It's not you know, too, too far. I think it's 30 minutes away or yeah, something. Yeah, it's not too far. Nice. But There was a great little Mexican restaurant right down the street um, that Darren and I went to after. Someone on the outskirts of town going to town yes. on the right. Yes. I think we've been there before. The use, it's good to you. So we had we we would we had just finished the the contest and we, we were in the mood for tacos. I said I could go for tacos and there's a Taco Bell down the street, and I was looking on Google Maps and oh wait there's this little place over here. So we got the Berea tacos, and we got like eight orders to go and we got back just in time for awards. So we're just eating the tacos right at, at awards and they were some of the best Berea tacos I've had actually. Wow. So I don't Maybe know if it was a new than... item, but I yeah. Not a good experience for you? When or? we went, we went on a Saturday night after awards, and it was, okay. you know, probably 20 of us in there. And it wasn't a lot of people in there, yeah. but the food was just not. Just not. It, it, yeah, it was just not huh. good. These, these were pretty pretty good. I was, uh, and Darren was like, yeah, these are pretty good tacos, so I don't know. We've uh, we've ordered pizza several times from the pizza place, kind of right, kind of diagonal I, from the contest. I saw that, yeah. Was that good? Really good pizza. Oh, see, we, were thinking, I mean, we were going back and forth on which one to do. Really one. good. But we've stayed at Carbondale several times. We've went up. So we used to yeah. go to a place. Uh, what was the name of that place? It was like a pizza place, too. Is that where Fat Bottom Betty's was? That was it. Fat Bottom Betty's. It's not there it anymore, called. though. Okay. I don't it think closed either. down. But we it had really cool there. beer and okay. pizzas and yeah. all kind of dishes. But we used to carry everybody there. Pasta, oh. It was really good. We went to a little deli over there for lunch one day. Um, oh, I, forget, I forget the name. Something Cafe. It was kind of on the main road across from the liquor store um i don't know it was good sandwich was good yeah. so how many southern states have you cooked in uh well you've done illinois you've done the murfreesboro that's yeah. not really not a southern state yeah. uh, of course here. in georgia yeah. here um, you cooked in florida before florida alabama i don't know if you consider tennessee Southern, for me it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, pretty, I haven't done South Carolina yet. North Carolina, Virginia. You probably can cook in Mississippi where we're from either. I haven't. No, I, I, I've been trying. We're going to try to do that going forward next year. Scale back on the amount of contests we do and do more destination yeah. contests and kind of cook in states that we haven't cooked in before. We have several if you take a two or three week you know vacation and you yeah. want you know to hit several yeah through. we've got several like that in mississippi but I always tell everybody south haven spring fest kind yeah. of in our backyard okay it's a dual contest and oh, kcbs be, yeah. might give you an opportunity to come cook just to rip you know and, you know? and I, that's been on my bucket list to do an mbn uh, i know murfreesboro had yeah, that but that one i'm like i just want to just they need to straighten out their charges first though because okay. they make you pay the whole fee for one category even if you just go for one category most ones around the house it's a hundred to a hundred and 25 to 150 per category. Okay. So if you only want one on a rib, yep. it only costs you 125 bucks. Yeah. I'd like to dip my feet and and see what it's like. You know, it's been I've been wanting to go to Memphis, do Memphis and Man. You should. I tell every good KCBS cook, and you're one of the best yeah. out there, Bill. Thank I mean, you. I mean, you you're really good. Thank you. And every good KCBS cook, I said, cook Shane flavor profile. Yeah. 
cook yeah. baby backs right. and instead of spares yeah. and yeah. cook them to the same tenders as you yeah. do your spares. And they're like, what? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, if you carry them a 206, carry them babies a 206. Yeah, Don't it. worry about it. Yeah. Trust me. Uh, and every one of them has done that has ended up really finally out of the gate. Okay. Okay. I mean, I yeah. don't know how many people I've helped at Murfreesboro like sure. that. And I've given people my recipes and let them cook it. And then finally at Memphis and Maine, me right. not even final. <laughs> oh, I mean, man. I don't have a pit maker twice. Yeah. I mean, give them a recipe, right, right. they run down to my trailer like, we're out of sauce and we yeah. find them, we need you, we need you, <laughs> you know. But I love helping people, so yeah. if you ever come that way and need yeah, to borrow sure. equipment okay. or Appreciate anything that. like that, I've got a, I think I'm pit poor is like my life <laughs> to say. Yeah. So. They used to have an uh, MBN event up in New Hampshire. Yes. Been there, done it. Okay. We Swept went there. It. Yeah. They paid us $1,000 to come up there to that no contest. Kidding. This was back in the old days. We were cooking okay. somebody else. Okay. We Early. flew up. They drove a motorhome. Well, even flying, we had to drive a good ways because oh, yeah, there yeah. wasn't an airport no, close. Were, no, I think Manchester, New Hampshire is probably the closest. But I, yeah, I won't forget it. Uh, what was the what was the team, name of that team up there that always cooked uh, Memphis style contests? They used to come to Memphis. They used to come May. to Memphis in May. It'd always be as Galax, Virginia, every year. Uh, I can't. He lives in like a. Yeah, like maple syrup and stuff. Sea brisket was it? Was that his name? No, or? I remember. I remember them okay. though. Um, did they actually live in Vermont? Yeah, they lived in Vermont. They lived okay. in Vermont. Lived in but Vermont. Right huh. across the line, though. Yeah. Huh. I yeah. don't remember their team name, but they did. Used to travel down to Memphis in May and yeah. cooked it every year. Um, that's awful. I should remember. <laughs> I know. Me too. But, yeah, we went to that contest. Nice. It was... Went up here and we swept it is where I was going. Yeah. Yeah. First place salt, first place uh, pork, first place ribs, first place salts, wow. first place ancillary. And then they, they had like to they had to promise they'd pay us a thousand dollars to show up because they you know yeah. know it so far for us and all that and then we didn't have the money then right right so they turn around and sweep that contest that money then they turn around and they give us thousand dollars cash wow. that dude was kind of like they didn't want to did they ban, they did they ban you the next I year I don't, <laughs> I don't think the contest back. lasted much longer yeah, after that, was that. it's honestly. been a while since I. It's too bad because I do. I would go do it now, yeah. being so close to me. It was still a, great, a four hour ride. That's probably maybe. just not a lot of ambient no. interest up that way. No, not really. Unfortunately, yeah. You know, but it's definitely a. I like the format on it. You know, have you I, cooked any other sanctioning bodies besides KCBS? Uh, I've done FBA Florida yeah. and World Food, um, Neb's Northeast Barbecue Society. Yeah. They do more of um, like a four meat grilling events mm -hmm. uh, they do a it's just it, it could be anything it could be pizza it could be salmon it could be dessert it could be burger wings whatever it's just four different oh huh, really interesting. yeah so they change it up they change it up yeah it's not always the four the same huh. um That's we used to have fun. an event in march called the snowshoe and it was just it kind of kicked off our season and one of the staples was a sausage fatty that was always the guy that organized it loved yeah. sausage fatty so he's like <laughs> okay we're gonna make sausage fatty a, a category you know and um yeah it was always fun to do it was like a one-day event so sure. did you know beforehand what they were going to be yes. or did you find yeah. out no, when you, you showed yeah, up you knew you beforehand knew. yeah so you yeah. could practice a little bit and stuff so do you do any sca events too we do yeah yeah not too many it's starting to, to get a little bigger up our way um yeah. and they're fun you know it's just the rumor has it they're going to be doing more one-day events. They're going to do a rib association and a chicken wing association. I've been and, hearing that, yeah. And, uh, what's your thought on KCBS two days versus the SCA one-day events? What What is your whole... You mean like a double KCBS? No, or, I mean or, like KCBS taking you two days to cook it, set up and oh, do and all that versus pulling in on a Saturday morning 
at an event like an SCA and sure. you set up and cook ribs right, and all, right. then you roll out that day. It'd be interesting. I mean, I, I think you'd be a little more rested, you know, because, uh, I mean, right now, doing, I'm, I'm exhausted. Man. <laughs> I know. <laughs> And uh, it, we've done doubles. We've even done triples. Yep. What you doing? Yeah, I've done a triple Three KCBS in a row. And that's just, the third day you're just running through the motions. You're like, okay, is this over? I've done one where you did turn in boxes the same time Randall did. did. You turned in thing. two chicken boxes the same time, two rib, two pork, yep. two brisket you on Saturday. Polar Pig in North Carolina did that a couple of years ago. And whew, that was rough. That would make a man out of you real quick. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. You turn in the same pork, and we got first place. And one, and then like thirty second, and the other, <laughs> the same pork. It shows you how subjective it is because really I cooked does. the same brisket. I, I remember I took yep. eight slices out of out of the same brisket, put yep. in this box, and eight slices, yep. you know, and put it in this box over it's here. Good. You got one of them scoring in top, and one of them in the bottom, yep. and every category is like yeah. that. Yeah, it's it's strange. It, it just it? goes to show you it's really luck of the draw. Absolutely. You got to hit the right tables. Yep, yep, definitely. For sure. Well, Bill, I just want to tell you, thank you for coming on and shooting the queue with us today. Absolutely. We yeah, always love catching up with other industry people. Sure. And you're one of the best. And being oh, from up, we don't you. get to see you a lot. I know. know you have good products. Uh, and I didn't know you had four cookbooks. Uh, I'm going to uh, have to pick up the other ones. Okay. I have one on my shelf of yours. I okay. did not realize you had four. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I can uh, talk you into maybe autographing yeah, a copy for me to. one of these days. <laughs> Absolutely, we'd be happy to. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on. It's always good to see you guys. Um, hope to see you up my way sometime if you want. I hope so. I'm, I hope so. I need a Boston trip. Yeah. I do too. Again. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> For sure. Well, thanks, cool. Bill. Thank you. Appreciate it. We'll see it. you down the road, man. Sounds good. All right. Thanks. Thank you for tuning in to the Shooting the Cue podcast. If you have any comments or suggestions for future episodes, please feel free to reach out to us on our social media channels or through our website. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. Leave us a review if you enjoyed the show. Until next time. Keep shooting the queue.